covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Inside the Walls podcast. A final walkthrough here on a glorious Friday, right before an action-packed NAL weekend, week four in the National Arena League. I'm Jim Bernier. Alongside me, 900 miles away, Zach Kylan. Hey, how we doing? Still hanging in there. Voice is a little better. You know, covering. It's, it's getting back there, but you know, I could still hit pretty low right now. Okay. But I, I'm not going to talk like that the entire show. I'm just going to throw you for a loop every now and then as we're doing this edition. No, we don't have Bane as a special guest as the character for Batman, but we did yesterday on Turf Talk of Jonathan Bain, quarterback for the Carolina fan, uh, Carolina Cobras and coach Reginaldo <laughs> as well. Um, I wish we had someone from the Carolina Bears. That means we make it a big time. But <laughs> uh, again, check out last uh, Wednesday show, of course, and check Thursday's show. Been an action-packed week here on Inside the Walls podcast. Also, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, NationalRainLink.com, Instagram, Discord. Everything's in the links in the description. And remember, like, subscribe to the YouTube page. If you are new to us, if we get to 100 subscribers, someone gets two free tickets. And also, click the bell because of great saying, great reverend will say it builds morale for our podcast yes, and for does. our friends of that Zach is associated with, with the ref and the USFL podcast. Um, but anyways, week four is here. Before we get into this week's breakdown of the two matchups in the National Arena League, we have to break down our power rankings. Little switches here and there, maybe from Zach, little, especially from me. My number six team switched. And no, it's not the one that everyone thinks it is going to be. No, it's not the 0-3 Sharks. Uh, right. It is going to be the San Antonio Gunslingers. Why? They didn't play this week. Um, my power rankings are a little tricky. You get punished for not playing sometimes. It's like the BCS system, like the coaches poll. It's like that the college football playoff rankings, you know, the committee that beat Indianapolis each week during the college football yep. season. Yep. And they punish teams that are bye weeks, but war teams for winning infant games against Sanford or Chattanooga, those type of games. Yeah, that committee. You can say that's me. Uh, number six, I have San Antonio because they didn't play. And also, Orlando impressed me. Um, they went blow for blow against Carolina. Excuse me, against Orlando, or against Albany. Get my words straight. They play Albany last week. They play Carolina this week. Let's do this again, Jim. Mm-hmm. I have them ahead at number six because of that. And I have Orlando up higher in the rankings because of their performance overall in last week against Albany. You went blow for blow for against Albany. And yes, we discussed what happened on Wednesday, what happened, the, the flag. We do, we know that. We've already got a lot of feedback from that. Uh, sorry, still true. Um, that's the reason why I have San Antonio at number six. It's what for you, what have you done for me lately in my power rankings? And if you don't play, you don't move up, and you get a possibility of getting jumped by teams who've played during the week. And unfortunately, this week they're number six. Who's your mm. number six, sir? Yeah, I mean, I'm I've got them, I've still got the gunslingers at six myself. I mean, 
bye week doesn't really win you anything. You didn't lose the bye, so that was good. I didn't expect that, by the way. I'm just continuing the jokes that we had at the end of last episode. But uh, look, I'm—I'll be frank. They—they—they they, they get they get multiple weeks to lick their wounds and kind of get things in order for their next contest coming up coming up here. So obviously they have some time. Um, but they're going to be sitting there for a minute, you know, getting to watch everyone else play some football for the time being. So they, they were definitely my six. Um, Orlando doesn't change for me. They're still my five, actually. Uh, just, I don't know. I see the close games that, you know, Jacksonville's playing. That's, I mean, uh, that's the only one that could be there at five for me. But, you know, they played the top three in our last week's power ranking, you know, close or in overtime. They did it again this past week against Carolina. They're one or two plays away. Orlando, I got to give them props, though, man. Putting up 61, pretty much being pound for pound with or with Albany throughout most of that contest at home. It takes some licking, and obviously adjustments that are made by Jeff Higgins and his crew and getting uh, Rakeem Cato and company in sync. That was nice. Uh, nonetheless, though, you know, San Antonio, you beat a squad that has since readjusted, and really up to this point, you've played only two of the top three in our power rankings that we've had in recent weeks. Um, Carolina pretty much handled you guys conveniently and Albany dispatched you by the third quarter controversial or not. I'll give you that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll need some more for proof to go against uh, what my number four was still. Um, Obviously I'm hinting at that, but I will wait and hear if you maybe change things up. I don't think you did if I can tell, but you know, your five Uh still, my number five is the team that was number six last week, and okay. that's the Orlando Predators. Uh, I have them moving up just based on recency bias. He scored 61 points against Albany last week, and no matter what happened, if that play was reversed or not during last week's game, I think we stated on Wednesday's show that you were going to run out of gas anyways against Albany. They just had too many guys that were just cooking, Castronova and also uh, Darius Prince, who most likely – when the show is out, I think might be winning back-to-back Ironman in the week awards on uh, that dude has been everywhere. I know he did win. He, I think specialist or no offensive player this week, I think mm-hmm. was the award that came out. Yeah. It was Prince's uh, so, award this week. So still a, so far. <laughs> a, a great achievement. Uh, Prince is playing lights out. Castronova last two games is like jumping up the charts for possibility of debate about MVP consideration type when we get to that point later in the year. But Orlando, one thing that I liked about Orlando is they went blow for blow against Orla- uh, against Albany this week. Just ran out of the gas, but I saw a lot of maturity in Cato. He did settle down, and I did see Brandon Fuentes, Larry Beavers uh, arrive, uh, becoming a bigger uh, weapon for Cato. Lonnie Outlaw doing Lonnie Outlaw things. He's going to get his catches. But it seemed like Orlando's offense clicked more, and they rose to the occasion or played above what they are supposed to be. Because you know certain teams in certain leagues, they play above what they usually are because they're playing somebody bigger than them, and they want to prove them wrong. I think Orlando had a little bit of that case uh, against the uh, Albany Empire to start last week. So I got them at number five. My number four pick, is um, unfortunately Jacksonville Sharks, zero and three. But you're zero and three, and you've lost three games by one possession. Two of them were in overtime. Mm-hmm. You're one or ja- the Sharks are one to two, maybe three plays away from being a three and zero team. That's how 
close they are. Uh, they they went toe to toe with the court Caroline Cobras this past weekend. Ran not really ran out of gas, just made too many mistakes down the stretch run to rebound against Carolina. But you're telling me that the Carolina Cobras and the Jacksonville Sharks are only a six point difference, and Jacksonville still trying to find themselves. It tells you the potential that the Jacksonville Sharks have when they get everything clicking, and they have a roster that they can, you know, snap on a dime and win six, six, like you said on Wednesday show, win four in a row. You think they're going to be three and three here in a couple of weeks and just feast on the mid part of the schedule? Um, I would love to see at this point, six weeks from now, we're talking about a six and three Jacksonville team. That'll be a complete day and night compared to what we start right now. But right now, I still they're still better than they're still better than Orlando, in my opinion, and they're still better than. San Antonio, in my opinion, just based on how they go neck to neck with the three best teams in the league. And we're talking about last 20 seconds in the fourth quarter. You're wondering what's going to happen because the Sharks are still in the game. They have not been blown out. They haven't, they have not been blown out or they have not won the game. So they haven't blown anyone out. So they keep you on your seats. Like there's a saying here in Jacksonville, the cardiac cacks, you know, for the guys from across the street, they're the mm-hmm. cardiac sharks. You have no idea what they're going to do until the very last possession. And we might see it again this weekend uh, here in uh, Jackson when they take on the Columbus Lions in the Vizard Ventures War Arena on lovely Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And you're, sir, number four. Yes, number four for me is also the Sharks. Not really much I can say to move. You know, again, you play one one possession game. You're down to an onside kick, as we talked about on Wednesday. You know, what else can you really ask for? You know, the only thing that really they messed up on was early on giving up that early turnover mm-hmm. and flipping the script on them. Otherwise we could be talking about an upset possibly, or even a closer contest than it was ending up in Greensboro. So I can't really move them down. You know, Orlando did show out and score 61, but it is Albany who does show that they don't have as much of a strong defensive unit in secondary. Uh, so it's hard for me to move them down there, even with the win that they have on San Antonio, San Antonio is trying to figure themselves out. Ladies and gentlemen, Mm -hmm. just the pedigree of the losses that Jacksonville's taken, how close they've been. Um, this is a team that if you look at the bottom three in the league, they probably will get, get wins against Orlando. And I would say San Antonio, even though the predators might put up a tougher fight, if I'm being honest, I could be wrong. You know, mm-hmm. I want to see what, you know, Robert Kent gets with more under his, under his belt here with more time with his guys in those bye weeks. And quite frankly, Rakeem Cato's progress last week with staying in the pocket and staying and following the arena way does show out. But I got the Sharks at four. Another aspect of that, Mike Faithful, I swear, guys, if he's not starting this week, I will be dead shocked is all I can tell you. I was surprised he didn't start against the Carolina Cobras and make it a two Cobras uh, or a two shark QB battle that I was expecting it to be um, they're number four right now. But I mean, Mike coming back to a system, he knows there with coach Burley. I mean, sky's the limit. If you can get him in there and get him antiquated and get him with that home crowd, especially against the lions, that'll be your next big test revenge game coming up. We're going to be talking in a minute. So they can be moving up the ranks. <laughs> well, they could be either moving up the ranks or possibly staying even there, depending on what we see coming up. Yeah. I like your thinking. I really do. I, they come to think of it. Jacksonville has so much potential out of all the teams. Yes. But the quite biggest question mark then now, I hate to say it's the quarterback position. Is Malik Henry the guy or is Faithful going to take his spot as a starter and maybe switch something up? Like you said last week's show, maybe you needed something to switch up to spark a flare in the team. Could be the quarterback position. 
but we got to continue. We can't talk about the Sharks for Sharks all day. We got right, so much right. more. Let's start continuing our uh, power rankings. My number three, Columbus Lions. Uh, 2-0, really can't really. It's Columbus or 2-0 by week. You can't drop them below Jacksonville. You can't drop them below Orlando or San Antonio. They're idle. Can't really say anything on them. Good off week. Survived another off week. Uh, that's another Gibson a streak, apparently. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I have Carolina at 3-0, and 2-0. Uh, and uh, Columbus at 2-0 and uh, at number three. So really yeah. much not to talk about them. I really, I think you and I are going to have very similar top. Really, it looks like we will match up entirely this week is what it's yeah. looking like right now. Because I also got Columbus at three. Look, here's the deal. They got two. They're two and oh right now. They got into the bye. You know, they beat Carol. They beat uh, almost like Carolina. Hang on a second. They beat the Sharks. And of course, they got a win against the Gunslingers over in San Antonio. Um, yeah, I mean, I, they still need to play two of the top teams in the league. So I need a little more evidence here to even move them up a bit obviously they get a rematch with the sharks and again if jacksonville goes in with the philosophy or change that i think they're going to do and you think that they're possibly going to do then this could be a completely different game and it'll be in the shark tank so a little bit more of a test test that we'll be getting this week for them but right now they're still sitting pretty at three and i still got honestly my top two stays the same from last week because i got albany sitting pretty at two they showed off exactly what i what i was expecting from them against orlando and I approved again that Sam Castronova is playing much better than he is last year, whether it's the roster, whether it, you know, whether it's the tools at his disposal, um, whether it's the new setting, you name it, he's shown out now two straight weeks that he is going to be their guy moving forward uh, most likely. And there's good reason for it. Dude can move around the pocket. Well, dude's been able to make some gunsling passes when he's needed. And of course he's got, you know, Darius Prince, he's got Dwayne Hollis. He's got when Antoine Grant gets healthy, mind you, he'll have Grant in that, in that, of course, you know, he's lump kid in there who can run the ball pretty nicely, not as a traditional arena back, but someone that you can maybe jet sweep out of or get much more of a shifty in between the tackles type of runner. He has a lot of weapons at his disposal that they can allow themselves to outrun the competition if they need be, you know, and I'll even admit Prince, you know, for as much as I knock that defense, he's really been there. You know, one of those top, he's been one of the top Ironman guys in, in the game. I mean, we've mentioned Jermon Forston on Columbus, of course. You got guys like Zach Brown or, of course, uh, Travion Long over there with the uh, Cobras we've been talking about in a minute. Um, but, I mean, he's been up there with some of the best, even with that defense being giving up gobs of points. Uh, but Albany's too right now. Pedigree of win as well and who they've lost to this season. Can't really move them behind the Columbus Lions as well. It's just hard to do that right now. Yeah, my number two is the Albany Empire as well. Uh, Albany showed that even with injuries on their team, like they were out with Ken Magruder and they were out Antoine Grant, and they look like they didn't miss a step. Uh, that's a symbol of a team that is firing all cylinders. Yes, they have one blemish on the record right now against the Carolina Cobras, who, well, well shockingly, it's our number one team. But yeah, Albany has is doing Albany things, and we stated last week about how they're going to approach the Orlando game. Sure enough, uh, Sam Castronova played lights out. Darius Prince is there every single play, and of course, you had guys that came out of, came out of. Uh, you thought they were gone, but they turned out to be like go-to guys, like Dangerfield and Dwayne Hollis. That's right. Uh, and they're just 
they took the mantle of, okay, we're, we're that Antoine Grant. We'll step up here. They did. Unfortunately, you're going to have a loser in every game. That's our sport that we love. There's a winner and loser. Unfortunately, this time around, it was Orlando and Albany just feasted again. And with the win there, that got them a number two. My number one is the Caroline Cobras. Basically, do we have to say the same thing like we've said we, the last we three had, weeks? We had an episode <laughs> just yesterday. You can hear why we, you know, asking yeah. why, because it's, it's pretty simple, man. I mean, the, you know, you heard Coach Rez on our last show, which you haven't, you should. I mean, they're figuring out and getting down how to best utilize all that talent, keep these guys fresh, and it's working right now. You know, they're, you know, as he said, they're still working out tweaks and kinks to that whole thing, just like several other teams are in the NAL and how best to utilize Iron Man. But they seem to be one of the teams that have taken off smoothly with it, and not to mention they already were stacked. You know, yeah. they already had plenty of talent on the outsides they picked up. Um, what's impressing me even more, and especially after we heard this week talking with coach Rez and of course, Jonathan Bain is that, mm-hmm. you know, Zieg- Ziegler is the other specialist on that offense, which, you know, it's so weird to me because we're kind of, you know, in our conversation with Chris Siegfried at the beginning of the season, it's like, well, yeah, you get a quarterback and you get like your top receiver. You keep those two, you keep one of them fresh so that he always is dominating on the other side, but the strategy to get your center, someone who has to be, ironclad and getting the snaps back, making sure that line is set up, making sure he's reading the defense as well. You know, even with arena, even though there's less personnel, you still got to read how that front's looking when you begin every snap. It's kind of genius, especially since Myers and Ings, even though I didn't expect, I didn't know what to expect with them playing Iron Man. Um, they both are contributors every week right now. You know, both are getting on the stat sheet with tackles, both are covering. And of course, both are getting in the end zone. So, uh, mm-hmm. and Ings's case, he's taking the ball back. So they're doing just fine. And the fact they're able to utilize Iron Man with their two top receivers is just that much more impressive. Yeah. And it's unique when we're talking to Coach Rest yesterday. It's you see teams with different perspectives of how to treat Iron Man. And he went with the guys who touched the ball the most, the center mm-hmm. and the quarterback. They both touched the ball every single play. And that's a smart decision. It's, of course. The second is uh, specialist is Bain and the back of quarterback. And if there's a chance that situations happen, at least you have a common center there that knows a snap count, knows how to set ball online. But it's just not the specialist. That's the reason why they're 3-0. They're 3-0 because they've handled everybody they've played. Yes, last week's game against the Jacksonville Sharks was a six-point game. But did you believe that game was in any danger of flipping the Sharks' way? Not I, hey, I'm the shark. I'm the resident shark fan. I didn't think that, that was going to happen. Played out like a normal arena game with whoever gets those possessions first on each half. That's exactly yep, what it happened to be there. The sharks killed them, killed themselves with penalties and turnovers towards the end of the game. Carolina did not. They survived and they got the win. It's first of four matchups. There's going to be plenty of time to talk about those two teams. But yeah, Carolina's number one. Is it because of the weapons? Is it because of Jonathan Bain? No, it's because the whole team is just working together as one solid unit. They have that one and no mentality, and they're winning games. And you rather start three and zero in the season than zero and three, because when you're starting zero and three, you got a lot of questions, and you're looking up to a lot of people. You start three and zero, you're thinking about can we sustain this? What happens if we have a blemish here? Can we keep our success going? And right now, Coach Rez, Jonathan Bain, and the crew there in Carolina, and even the owner. They have something going there, and they're on top of our power rankings for week going into week four of the National Arena League season. So, speaking 
of the number one ranked team in the NAL power pole from inside the walls. We got to get into the games. And starting off, we go down to Orlando where the Carolina Cobras take on the Orlando Predators in week four action of the National Arena League. If you want to do like rankings like college football, it's number one Carolina taking on number five Orlando Predators. Even sounds better that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Orlando is one and two on the season, while the Carolina Cobras are a perfect three and oh. Carolina, again, survived. You can say survived Jacksonville, but they kind of handled them. Um, the scoreboard looked like they survived, but they kind of handled them. Uh, 3-0 into the season and entering a team in Orlando who plays by just visual, just looking at the evidence, much better at home than they do on the road. Big matchup. This game will be played on Sunday afternoon, 3 o'clock kick on YouTube. Not Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, on Sunday at Sunday. 3 o'clock. Sunday, uh, Sunday, Sunday. Gotta yeah, remember. Sunday, some Sunday football. Hmm. Strange. I wonder what else plays on Sunday on football. Hmm. Very good question. Exactly. Uh, they have national in their name. <laughs> but it's a it's gonna be a, a pivotal matchup in this ordeal. Can the Carolina Cobra start four and especially with 14 straight non 14 straight season? Like what Coach Red said yesterday on Turf Talk, they do have a bye week, and it's after after the semifinals of the playoffs if they make it that far, which is kind of a competitor that he is, especially if you if you're a coach, you got to have that mentality. Some key things to see in this game is does Orlando make the adjustments that are needed to get this game to be a competitive score? We saw this game a couple of weeks ago in Carolina and Carolina jumped on them early and put them away early. This game was not competitive in the second half and it looked like Orlando didn't belong on the same field with Carolina. Now the venue is switched. Now we're in Amway Arena, which last week, Per different reports, between 2,000 to 3,500 people showed up to the game in Amway Center on, on Saturday night, of, of course, the loss to the Albany Empire. This week, they need that same fan base as they play against, again, the Albany Empire, not Albany Empire, the Carolina Cobras. Excuse me. I got Albany stuck in my go. head, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the Carolina Cobras are taking on the Orlando Predators in Amway Arena. So you fans in Orlando, get your tickets now. Call your ticket offense. Pack that building as you can big matchup rematch of this series. Can you split the series and there's, or does Carolina do the two game sweep in Carolina keynotes in this game? I want to state um, Zach is can Orlando be competitive? Can we see that same mentality from last week or is Carolina just going to bring the same, same Carolina self like the previous three weeks into Orlando? Well, if I'm Jeff Higgins, uh, there's at least a few things I want to take from that first matchup in Greensboro. Number one, give Rakeem Cato a little bit more time than last time. Something that or, that Carolina did a great job with against the Predators when they were back at home is they were able to get back there pretty quickly. And Cato, he settled down last week. I'm wondering if he gets him out the same or similar time or at least understands that he can settle down and deliver quick strikes as well if the Cobras start getting some early pressure. Because in that case, you don't need to always drop back and go for the long bomb. Sometimes it's best to just do a quick slant or get the thing out there, let your receivers do the work with yards after the catch. That might be your best game plan against the Cobras, especially since that front three really did make some damage against the Predators last time. I would not want to give any chances 
of letting Thomas get back there and wreak havoc and make it another defensive player of the week award. Like he did a few weeks, like he did two weeks ago. So keep that in mind. Something else you're just, you're going to have to find a way to get back to Jonathan Bain and cause some havoc or Josh Jenkins, Brandon Fuentes, they're going to have to have their best days back in that secondary against DJ Myers, James Sumners, and of course, Kendrick Kings, because otherwise they will get time. You know, we, as we talked, even Bain's only been hit and brought down once this year. Um, and I know that arena, it's generally the idea is to get the ball out there quickly, but some teams have had some bad luck predators in general in keeping their QBs standing upright. The pan, the predators have had, the, sorry, the Cobras have had no issue with that so far. Um, your best bet is to try and see if you found anything you can in that in that regard. Otherwise, you know, Jenkins and Fuentes and the rest of that secondary, whoever's in there and back there, that's your job. Lonnie Outlaw, you know, same deal. Just you got to be able to keep the, keep the things at bay, especially since you're not. It's not going to get easier. You know, Darius Prince ripped you apart pretty good last week. Not going to lie, even without Antoine Grant. You know, you took on people like Wayne Hollis and Jared Dangerfield back there. Now you've got a three-headed monster that's going to be able to do what it wants and has been able to do what it wants for the first three weeks of the season. That's going to be a key that is going to lock this down. Honestly, keeping Cato out out from off the turf is your primary one, I think, because you can keep up with with the Carolina Cobras and not give any turnovers away, refs or not, mind you. Jesus, please. I hope that God, the referees do not do the same thing again this week. I just got to say, like, it was that bad. We have to bring it even into the, even in the preview show. Like, I hope to God that doesn't happen because that, that demolished a second half for them. So hope your, hope your refs are ready to go again. Keep the ball off the turf, keep the ball out of any oncoming hands of like, say a Trevante long, you know, like how the sharks were unable to do that last week. Mm-hmm. And maybe just maybe that, that can give you some key, some sneaking ways to maybe get an upset. That's all I'm saying. Those are, those are what I would do. That's what I would do in this scenario. You know, you gotta, you gotta be able to keep pace with them. You gotta be able to take advantage when you can. Otherwise a defense is going to find ways to take advantage of your mistakes. Yeah. The that's you're preaching to the choir there, sir. Uh, I mean, I didn't mention Zach Brown, but like, you know, it's another one right there in the middle who also has been punching in a lot of rushing touchdowns lately for the Cobras, mind you. Yeah. And also, who's been very sneaky about Russian touchdowns is Jonathan Bain. Yeah, that too. He has like six this year. He threw two nah, of them I... last week, but he ran two in last week as well. Yeah, and he, he ran and ran two against one against Orlando. I think two against the Albany Empire. So, guys, mobile. Uh, but here we get to the part of the show where you got to make your selection, sir. I do, and as you might have heard in my uh, in kind of my phrasing of it, if. If, if, because I don't think it's going to happen. Um, look, I, I liked what I saw with the Predators last week. I'll say it again. We've said it even in the recap show on Wednesday. I, I like what they, what they were able to do against the Empire. This is a different beast, though. This is a team that's much more established in that secondary, a team that won't let you have as many opportunities. Sure, it'll give you, it'll give up about 40 or so points, you know, but that's about, av- that's about a good average, if not decent for arena teams. You know, that's what you want to keep your opponents at bay to around that. And then you on the other side, go and score 50 plus, and you just outrun them at the end. I'm just, I'm telling you, Carolina is that well built. They're going to get a win here. Um, do I think it's closer than this, than their first matchup? 
absolutely. I think Jeff Higgins is figuring out some things on what his roster does best. He doesn't mess around with the QB situation right now. He let Cato start from the beginning and didn't have to flip anything around, which is something we critiqued on earlier in the season. But it's gonna, it's not going to be enough. You're, it's going to be come up short to me. I think that the K, the Cobras are still going to get pressure. I think you're going to see Cato still scrambling one too many times because that pressure gets back there. Um, and eventually it's going to come out on top. Give me the Cobras here. I'm going to say, uh, we're going to say it's 61 to 50. It's going to be a two possessioner, but they'll crack. You'll the, the predators will crack the 50 mark though. They'll do a lot better this time. You are a person that I can trust. Your knowledge of the game is wise. And sometimes you have to have someone say, not so fast. Ooh, not so fast. But usually it doesn't happen with these type of games. It happens with the big type of games. But I look at this game and I look at Orlando and how they played last week against Albany. They showed me that they can they can play when they get everything going and don't get, you know, screwed. Did I say that? <laughs> uh, don't get uh, <laughs> don't get uh, don't get a blown call to change the narrative of a game. There you go. Um, but when you look at Albany and you look at their evolution of the team, you get the Carolina Cobras. The Cobras do not kill themselves. The Cobras do not cause shoot themselves in the foot with penalties, turnovers, and just bad play. They're three and zero for a reason. A lot of the games they play, they've won pretty handily. They played Orlando and Carolina earlier this year and dominated them. Does Orlando keep this game competitive? Yes. Are they going to pull off an upset? No. Uh, I think Carolina wins this game, but I think it's going to be more of a dog out, drag out type of game. Give me Carolina winning this game on one possession. Mm. 60, 62. This 57, Carolina. I'm always up for a game like that, one way or another. I hope they always come down to one possession. I, I'll be mm-hmm. frank, you know, so give me that. <laughs> and most likely I'll be watching the game live tweeting and bashing people probably. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. I'm like, see, I told you. I told you so. Um, no, I, I think I think Orlando found something last week, and I think they will try to have that same narrative. Carolina travels to Orlando. The last time these two teams played in Orlando, it was a drag slug out fest. So I think that keeps the same narrative from last season. Uh, but I got Carolina winning this game. So moving mm-hmm. on to the final game of week four, only two games this week, ladies and gentlemen. It's the rivalry, chapter 14, the Columbus Lions entering the Shark Tank, Columbus 2-0, Jacksonville 0-3. The Jacksonville Sharks look to avoid their second ever 0-4 start as a franchise, but first ever in the NAL as they take on arch rival from the Columbus territory, the Lions. Kind of strange, this game. Kind of different feeling. And I want to break this one down because, of course, I'm the Sharks fan here. Me and you both have mentioned it on Wednesday show and previous on this show to is this the time that Jacksonville makes the switch to spark this team in the quarterback position. If faithful, my, my, my prediction is going to be based on who I think starts. And I think faithful starts uh, this Sunday, or excuse me, this Saturday night in the Shark Tank. 
and doesn't give it up. I think he starts and he's the starting quarterback for the rest of the season. And I think it's going to be a debate. That's going to be a debatable question. But for me, I think faithful. There's no reason why you traded for faithful to just have him on the bench. I, that's just my opinion. The guy's won a championship with the Sharks. He's played with Burley system. I think you just can't do it. You don't make that trade for him to just sit on the bench. Um, for Columbus, they're coming in 2-0 after a bye. We can win over in San Antonio. You gave Gibson has two weeks to prepare for this team. They have two weeks to prepare for the Sharks. They've been preparing for, I guarantee now, since that trade happened for Faithful, uh, since Josh Blair is the owners, are good friends of ours. Uh, they've been they've been talking about Jacksonville for two weeks now for a reason. And I think no matter what happens this week during practice, they're preparing for both quarterbacks. And it's in the shark tank. It's going to be interesting. But I just want to say that question. Is it time for faith? Well, I and, you know, they traded for him. It was a big it was quite a big deal for them to go and do that. You know, they could have tried to or they had chances possibly to pick him up in the offseason. Obviously, stuff happens. Contract negotiations happen. And, you know, things begin to proceed in a direction post-week one, as we were think, thinking. I mean, it was possible he was going to be there week two, and things just didn't line up. And you don't go through this whole process of, we want to trade. Now we're pulling it back. Now we're doing it again to just have him go on the bench. You know, okay, Malik Henry, promising young talent for Arena, I would say. Um, guy still has some stuff to learn as you and I have talked, showed progress last week and that he's making some strides or the defense gate made him do check downs one way or the other. Nonetheless, that's a learning thing that you're doing there in arena. Hey, sometimes I need to take it and let my receivers do the work, find those angles, make the cuts. And I just think that you're own, you're own three right now. You're going to have the lions coming in a credit. Their last contest against the gunslingers, one way or another, it was it looked a little shaky. Now, even with the penalties, even with the stoppages that were going on at Freeman Coliseum that night, it was looking a little shaky. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Still a solid unit, still a still a good rematch, of course. It's, it's the rivalry. You know, yeah. it's it's a rivalry against the Lions, this time coming to the shark tank instead of in the jungle. I think you got to put faithful in. You know, he's gotten an extra week in there now. He knows the system. I'm surprised. I'm again going to say I'm surprised he didn't start last week. Dude, I think it's going to be in. Because I think they need to get off the mat and start getting some wins. It's You don't want to go 0-4. <laughs> you know, I know, we said last week don't go 0-3, but you really don't want to lose four games. I also, that we know, Sharks fans get rowdy. This is an organization that expects some wins. This is an organization that said, hey, we finished finished freaking uh two and six last year are you kidding me now we're already zero and three we're two and nine in our last 11 contests we need to get going guys i think you put mike faithful in you to get a little more solidified qb spot behind the behind center um and i think that your fortunes might change i'm gonna say it right now i think they might be changing if you do that also that crowd in the shark tanks looking pretty stacked from what i've been seeing with ticket sales it might be even bigger than uh week one it's a shark tape, man. They know so it's 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 the rivalry, man. It's chapter 14. They know uh-huh. when Columbus comes in town, Columbus brings their contingent of fans, and there's at least six to seven thousand fans in the arena for this game. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know how to describe a rivalry. It's unique about rivalries. Throw the records out of the book. 
Well, the history because, there between the two alone. I mean, you can just yeah. put it that like just the early goings of the NAL, them being essentially the founders of this league since 2017. I mean, that in itself and the stories of the championships and other playoff games they face between each other. What else do I have to say there? Yeah. <laughs> so who wins chapter 14 of Lions and Sharks? Zach? I think the streak is broken and the Sharks will finally come back out on top. Home contest. I see Mike Faithful starting in this role. They've come short all three of their last opponents. This time they get it done. I think you've got, I think you've seen all the things you need to tune up. You got the home crowd behind you and you got the QB that's already won you one in the past and has a nice trophy sitting there in Jacksonville to call home for himself. I got the sharks in this one. Give me a one possession game just because it's Columbus and it's Jason Gibson getting an extra week to prepare. So mm-hmm. why the hell not? Um, it's going to be a more defensive battle though. I think it's going to be chippy. I think they're going to get at each other pretty good. And I think that Sharks come out on top 54 to 49. You had to steal my thunder, didn't you? Did I say you the same had score? to steal my thunder. The same, same score as you? Yes, this is my same <laughs> score and the same pick. You had to steal my thunder. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's it. We are done. The show is over. We're done. That's it. Uh, yes, yeah. uh, I think I think a change is going to be made this week to see if there's a spark between the atmosphere and the offensive game plan. You don't trade for Mike Faithful for him to be on the bench. You just don't. I think he gets in and basically go tells Burt Burroughs, go tell him you go win the you go win the starting job. You can't win it. Malik is back in. Yep. I think he gets to I think he gets to start. He gets to start playing. He wins the starting job for the rest of the year. Same score as you. That's still my freaking thunder. I got the Sharks winning a big home game against the Columbus Lions. Getting that one win that they need to get in the six-game stretch so when the mid part of the schedule comes up, they can feast off of the two games against Gunslingers or three games against Orlando in a random Lions game again. Because um, if you look, I still remember that Lions week two, ma- or, yeah, week two matchup against San Antonio. I still see a lot of question marks from that game. Uh, is Columbus improved since then Jacksonville's knocking on that door knocking on that door but are they that type of team that can make finally bust through that door and with that second part of that schedule coming up that third matchup in Columbus might be one of those winnable games again especially if Faithful does come in and is playing what we expect Faithful will be and I'm intrigued about that just just think of a faithful team going to Carolina in a couple of weeks, and especially that big matchup in Albany uh, with the re- well, uh, rematch slash revenge game. Remember, too, week one, they had the lead in Columbus. It slipped. They, they grasped defeat out of the jaws of victory in that contest. They let anything happen in the fourth yeah. quarter that just let, the, let it slip away. So keep that in mind as well with this pick. They really could be one and two right now, quite honestly. Or and three now. I mean, yeah, I mean, or, I mean, it could be three, you know, if we're really being on, but seriously, yeah. out of all the, out of all the victories, maybe at two and one's more realistic to me. Cause even that missed PAT, they had momentum at the end. Albany mm-hmm. was letting things slip. They could be two and one right now, more realistically, if I'm being frank, but I think you're looking at that rivalry like, man, 
Not only did we let that game slip away, but now Columbus is getting a streak that's building on us. We need to let this, this crap stop right now. <laughs> Can't keep this going. There's no yeah. there's Mason Espinosa even in there anymore. Now, Darren Daniels is uh, still good. Yeah. But even Mason's not there anymore. He's not even harassing us. He's, he's in DePaul. He's coaching offense already. But here's the thing. Does the other streak continue? Does Devin Wilson make it 31 games in a row? Yes. I ain't going to even question that. Yeah, third. He, uh, he does. does. They, they'll 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 do what teams have been doing, where they're going to not let them beat you deep. You know, like like Carolina, how they were blanketing and saying, like, "Look, we're, you're going to have to really get a good get a good catch mm-hmm. or burn us one time." Uh, but no, I think uh, with if my if I if you and I predict and Mike's starting, he's already got a wrap. He's already got a chemistry there with Devin from years past. They'll find a way to get him a TD. He, he's going to get an open look. I, I just know. It. I'm going to uh, like. I can tweet this whatever during the game. It's the only game on NAL, so you'll definitely be seeing either me or Zach on the on the chat board on Friday, uh, on Saturday night. I'm going to even come and say this: that the first touchdown for Jacksonville Sharks is a Mike Faithful to Devin Wilson touchdown. Ooh, all right. right so the, the street continues. We had a, if there are par- if there are NAL prop bets, that would be something you could place on it if they were official. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Unless it's not like the AFL when the last year happened when they did the prop bets, like they did the over under for a game at forty five. I'm like, uh, well, yeah. See, do you see, even I, watch our sport? <laughs> you see, for that case, like last year the AFL was there. Hmm. I actually, I love they did DraftKings, uh, like the uh, team yeah. draft ones. I love doing that stuff. That got me into that. So like, I'd love to get that that back going. Yeah, but or over at least under a forty five for an arena game? No. Oh yeah, well, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. That's just, that's just odd makers, odd yeah. makers not understanding our sport, which, Hey, so we talk with coach or I talk, we talk coach off the, uh, off the air as well as on, you know, got to get that thing back out there. People got to know arena's not gone. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. or at least this, the, 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 uh, bones of it are not gone. Yeah. Still, it's still around. Like yeah. it's, that's the deal. Yeah, the over under should if, if they bring it back, the over under should start like at ninety five and a half. Yeah, That's see that would should. see like ninety yeah ninety five and a half like that would be a mo- that would be like an average, you know? Yeah, like I think like if you had for example, like Carolina, if you did Carolina and Albany getting together, or Carolina and Jacksonville get together, or, or sorry, like Carolina Albany, Carolina Jacksonville, Albany Jacksonville, I would be putting that sucker at like hundred and five, hundred and ten, mm-hmm. you know. Like, cause even like, like all, like Albany Jacksonville week two, that, that, that thing hit 120 plus. Yeah. Well, 60 burgers, one yeah. point differential for a loss. Can we get that back though? I'm not going to do it. That's <laughs> a lot of work to do. Uh, yeah. We need that back in the game. Yeah. It's a little over under action. Um, what's the other ones they do for DraftKings? They do how many catches certain people can get. What do yeah. you, what do you think? Over under how many yards a quarterback would do? Yeah, yeah, they that. do that. They do that for that and receivers or running backs. Although the running back, should... the running back ones will probably be like uh, over under twenty yards. I'm usually taking the under, maybe at that. Yeah, put it like fifteen. If, 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 like, if it's not Ross, no. Yeah, Zach Brown <laughs> taking the under. Um, yeah, it's very rare mm-hmm. you get a running back in the arena game to get over twenty yards a game. Um, besides, I think Ross did back in the old AFL day where he got like seventy five yards in the game. And that's because he kept breaking freaking 25-yard runs. So you're going to get that quick. Right, right. But that's all dreams, man. Uh, but we have reality this weekend. Two big matchups in the National Arena League. Orlando, Carolina, Jacksonville, Columbus, 
this weekend, Saturday night, 7 o'clock, and Sunday afternoon, matinee at 3. Is that matinee considered? Is people do do people do matinees now still? Late, um, late matinee, oxymoron. Probably, I guess. I, I, <laughs> the older generation may be screaming at us like, "Yes, we still do matinees. It's the cheapest way to go see the dang movies that you kids watch." I'm like, I'll okay, count it. all right. I'd count uh, it. So yeah, NAL action this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, you can follow them on YouTube at U- National Arena League slash YouTube. Uh, both games are live streamed there. We do not live stream games. We had a question to us this week: Do we? Inside the walls, live stream games. No, no, we don't. We don't. Sorry, um, because they have contract with YouTube. If we do it, we can get we can get our page suspended. Um, but will we be calling a game? I got a question from that too, from a personal account. Will we have a chance to call a game? The answer to that question is no. But I'll listen to the conversation. I was gonna um, say, like, is it James? It, Zach, you're good in the games. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I should. We didn't even talk about this week. The, the return of Donnie and the oh. phrase did make its way back a couple of times. It did. <laughs> a couple of times. I, that, that brought a smile to my face. I, if, if Orlando fans listen to this, you really should pass along those two that we, we love their commentary. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I get such a crack out of, out of him, out of that phrase being right. You are Donnie or right. You mm-hmm. are, or just, Right, you are by itself. Like I don't, I don't know. It just <laughs> I've never heard it been used that way for a sports broadcast. Well, there were some interesting. Like we can go. Like there was a moment in Caroline's broadcast that not really. It made me laugh, but at the same time made me kind of question the broadcast. Uh, a guy asked, "This is like simple, simple little question, like." What do you think about the performance last week and the outcome that happened last week? And the guy's like, I'm not here about talking about outcomes. I'm like, what? <laughs> 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 I'm like, um, that's your job. You're a color analyst. You need to know what happened last week. And it just made me laugh. But then they made a shout out to us. It's like, well, apparently uh, we're, we're still on the top power ranking team and some people's polls out there. I'm like, some people. Who else is doing power rankings besides us for the NHL? Um, <laughs> and I was like, well, you can give us a shout out. And it it was it was it was it was cool. Um, the Donnie part was uh, I just that's a tradition that keeps on giving like the Masters. Uh, oh, keep just that bad boy going, seriously. <laughs> keep it going. But overall, the broad from broadcast quality, both Carolina and Orlando do good jobs. I don't broadcast teams around the league so far have been good. Much improved from last year. Yes, and, yes, and each. Each crew has their own thing. You have Gaz that always questions the fans on Twitter, on the on YouTube, and you have Jacksonville that completely ignores the YouTube broadcast because they are UPN here in town. Mm-hmm. You gotta expect that. Orlando, Wait a they, U- UPN. Not UPN. How far back uh, are we going? <laughs> they they're owned by UPN. Uh, they own UPN now. Uh, crap, it's uh, my my you, TV. You mean CW? Like that. CW, there we go. Woo! I'm look. I'm just saying. I yeah. haven't heard UPN in a while. Oh, uh, we can <laughs> so go that... back to TNN days. Oh, I, I know TNN. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's either my TV or CW, whatever. They they're the same freaking broadcast. They just change their logos. Oh, we're new I'm, now. No, I'm just you're sorry. Still I, had, I had to stop you. I haven't heard UPN in a minute. So that just kills me. Yeah. That just kills me. Coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, Star Trek Voyager on UPN. On UPN. <laughs> <laughs> and followed by Friday Night Smackdown. <laughs> and later this weekend, XFL football. <laughs> yeah. 
for the San Francisco uh, Demons taking on the LA Extreme. Um, <laughs> That's that's the XFL from 2001. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That 2.0. Good God. Um, but yeah. Uh, wow. We went through, but we talked about matinee. We talked about my old age, about UPN, and we talked about the 2001 XFL pro, uh, pot, uh, game. So yeah, we're going way back in time. Before you know it, turn on TV, you'll see Bon Jovi and, you know, what hmm. with the old AFL broadcast on uh, <laughs> ABC. That was also on, uh, that was on UPN here in Jacksonville back in the day. I don't know why. Uh, but anyways, follow us on uh, social media, ladies and gentlemen. We're wrapping this show up. It's been an hour. Uh, get ready for games this Saturday. Follow us on social media, of course, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and on NationalArenaLeague.com. We're on there as well. Our videos are there, too, as well. If you're watching us on the NationalArenaLeague.com website, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, the Inside the Wall podcast is the official podcast of the National Arena League, and our YouTube videos are there, too, as well. Also, we want to thank our fans, our listeners, and people who give us questions to us. We really appreciate it. We had over 300 downloads of last week's shows alone. That's what we're uh, talking about. That's, that's, we're, that's amazing. We we never cr- touched those numbers by ourselves. Uh, that's to you, the NAL community. That's to all the six uh, organizations out there. Really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for listening to Wednesday's show. Thank you for listening to Turf Talk this week. And thank you for listening to the final uh, the, the final walkthrough here, getting you ready for week four action of the National Rain League. Remember, follow us on all our social podcasts. Like, subscribe, hit that bell. It builds morale. And if we get to 100 subscriptions here on YouTube, two tickets to any NEL game of your choosing. Remember, two regular season tickets. We That's will right. do something special for the championship game if we get permission to. Um, remember, we just can't do it now. We actually got, we got to ask, you know, <laughs> NAL. Yes. Can we? We'll think about it. <laughs> it's basically how it goes. Uh, but for myself, Jim Renier here live in Jacksonville in the mobile studio, of course. Um, and Zach Coleman in Indianapolis in his normal studio. Stay classy. Be respectful. Don't get any blown calls, but also remember one thing. Keep your voice clear when you're at games. Make sure you don't yell too loud and don't be a jack out of the box, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you Wednesday.